Welcome to the latest edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Network podcast feed. I am your host, Ravishing Ronell Tinsley. With me as always, Sammy the Shooter Howe. Sammy, my brother, how are you doing today? I am doing great. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. We are just ending the windy, rainy season and about to hit the best time in Los Angeles, which is spring. Dude, I get it, man. We're having a little bit of springish weather. I mean, it's still chilly. But it almost seems like we're at what, you know, if you've seen the meme floating around at the pollening uh, phase where we're just about to hit spring. So I'm happy. I'm just hoping that, you know, Mother Nature doesn't have anything else in mind for us before we get there. I have, you know, I've thought about leaving Los Angeles and, you know, I miss the East Coast, but man, I don't miss the tree jizz. (laughs) Trust me, I get it, man. Car is going to be completely yellow in a couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. but um, we want to send our best wishes and uh, get well soon to the head of the table, Chief Keith, uh, with his successful praying surgery. Uh, he's on the mend right now. Um, uh, we also want to. I also want to shout out RC, uh, the El Presidente, for having that cameo by Bret Hart. Um, was very very cool of you to do sir and i'm sure that made keith's day um the fact that you know the excellence of execution even uttered my name was also quite cool but uh yeah i thought that was amazing so you know keith will be back with us soon and you know our best wishes and prayers are with our brother and you know we hope you get well soon buddy and yeah uh get well soon keith and a uh the and you know shout out to his wife bethany for taking care of him um uh yeah so we're looking forward to being back buddy absolutely so we're gonna go right off the top rope and uh we're sorry for missing you guys last week uh we just had a little bit of communication error with getting it done but uh we're just gonna speed you up uh, pretty much from just this past week because there's just been so much to go on and so we're going to do our best efforts to keep you current. Um, the only thing that we're going to mention from last week off the top rope is on last week's NXT, uh, William Regal presented the winners of the Women's Dusty Cup, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai with the inaugural Women's NXT Tag Team Titles. Um I thought there was a beautiful belt design on, you know, I'm just happy that they introduced another title uh, onto the, onto the NXT stage um, gives the women a little bit of more chance for exposure. Uh, later that evening, uh, they, those ladies were unseated uh, ceremoniously by Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, who are our current NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, Sam, are you excited about the fact that they've added another title to the NXT roster? And what do you think this can do for their women's division? I'm excited for the other title. I'm not excited that it's the women's tag team titles. I just think that it makes more sense in NXT to me because they have more women, it feels like. Uh, and it feels like they're they're just better with the women's stuff than the main roster. I I I liked the title change. I thought that it was exciting. I thought that it was a great you know way to pop it off. Uh, I don't love the I don't love when somebody is given the title. Uh, 
you know, Triple H was given the World Heavyweight Championship in 02. And I always thought that was, you know, their argument was, was that it was a heel move and, and, but whatever. But neither here nor there. We'll get to that when we cover that, that in the Retropod. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought that it was good that you had the people who were handed the title lose the title. I thought, think that it will be good to, it's it's almost a way of having a mid-card for the women, that which is what I prefer. I wish that there was more of a mid-card title, but it's it's something, and I'm, I'm always glad that it's something, you know, I think that Shotzi and Ember had gotten, not lost in the shuffle, but they weren't going to be the ones to unseat EO. So I was glad that they now have a chance to sort of be, if not the focus of the women's division, a focus. Yeah, um, I can totally concur with that, you know, especially with Ember Moon on her return. She hasn't really moved the needle that much, but I think that she still looks fantastic, you know, considering the injuries that she's had. And she's strong enough to help carry and um, add some prestige to those titles. So I'm absolutely happy that they've made her a focal point for this. Hopefully uh, they pay more attention to the to the NXT women's tag titles than the main roster ones. Oh God, yes, please. You know, from your from your lips to God's ears. So, secondly, off the top rope, um, the hosts for WrestleMania have been named, and they are Tampa's own Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan. Now, I like many people don't really agree with this um i'm trying to understand this from you know the business side of it and you know the whole you know we know they got the peacock deal it'll be the first uh peacock only pay-per-view and they need to you know draw some more casual viewers in so you know getting a name like hulk hogan on there uh makes sense in that regards but I don't know. I never really saw the need for a real host, especially for the granddaddy of them all. I mean, WrestleMania hosts itself for the better, for the best part. What's your thoughts on Hogan and Titus being named hosts? Oh, I think it's, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but it's fucking gross to me. Um, I don't, you know, the, the, none of the arguments that I've heard carry water, uh, you know, if you, well, you want to get casual viewers, get Austin, bring Steve Austin and Steve Austin is more popular without the baggage. Uh, I think that it's really vile. It's transparent that they're doing it to have Titus there to be like, look, Hulk Hogan's not a racist. He's doing co-hosting WrestleMania. And I, I have, you know, I was fine with never seeing Hulk Hogan again when all this came out. Um, I, you know, I, I don't need his ego to be satisfied. I get that he's a huge part of the business. Historically, I get, you know, he was a childhood favorite of mine. Absolutely, you know, I'm not going to pretend that that wasn't the case. You know, honor him as a historical part of wrestling. He has not shown remorse. He is not, you know, be beyond the perfunctory negotiated uh, negotiation of continued stardom that his apology masqueraded as. And and to be fair, that's not just him. Most I feel like a lot of these celebrity apologies are negotiations to stay famous, masquerading as apologies. But he, you know, even his his going into the locker room and by all accounts, you know, not apologizing and behaving like he's the victim. I, I just have no desire to continue to say, you know, that what he did was okay or acceptable. And I think that if he's going to behave like he's the victim, 
then fuck him. He doesn't need to be on television. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve a platform. No, I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. Um, I just, like I said earlier, don't think that WrestleMania you, outside of our announced team who normally handle these, you know, they handle at least the direction, you know, sending us to where we're going and so on. We don't need it. And absolutely, for all the reason that you said about Hogan, there's no need for him to be on um, the granddaddy of them all. You know, you could have pulled somebody else, just like you said. And Steve Austin, um, like you said, he's right on television. So it's not that he's not even evolving into the whole pop culture, you know, universe. The, well, the, and I also want to say the person I feel bad for here is Titus because. Absolutely. It, you know, all Titus is by all accounts just a great human being. And they, you know, they're like, oh, do you want to host WrestleMania? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I don't know if he's retired, but he's certainly not out there actively. And to, you know, be given that opportunity and then be like, oh, you know, but we want Hulk Hogan to be. I mean, he's a smart guy. He knows what the score is. And I just feel for him. Like, it's a difficult position to be in. And I, I feel it pisses me off even more that the WWE put a, by all accounts, good guy in that position to help Hulk fucking Hogan. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, our last item off the top rope, um, Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker put on an absolute barn burner of a match this past week on AEW Dynamite. Um, it was a dark, quote unquote, dark match, so it does not count against either of their records um, in for a women's match, I, I have to say I applaud both Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa for putting themselves out there. And like I didn't think it was going to be a spot fest the way that it was. And a couple of those spots um, had uh, pretty pretty bloody results. Um, you know, everybody's pretty familiar with the Britt Baker, the pretty much the Stone Cold Steve Austin moment. Um, that she had during that match because she had this mean gash on her forehead that just kept bleeding. After the match, um, there was a video that you had shared with me, Sammy, and it was fantastic. You know, it showed some the the backstage um, at the end of the night, um, all the boys and girls, you know, giving both women all of the praise that they absolutely deserved. Uh, I was happy for Thunder Rosa uh, getting the victory, um, getting a lot of um, support from the, all the all of her fellow workers. The one part that we had wanted to talk about was um, they, when the camera was following Britt Baker. One of the things she had said was. Um, something along the lines of getting a five star or, you know, getting in Meltzer's good graces, which five, she was like I, five stars. That's what I went out there. I wanted to get five stars was pretty much. I mean, I don't know if that's the verbatim quote, but that was that's almost verbatim. So why don't you give me your thoughts on because that was the line I kind of wanted to uh, circle around. Uh, what was it, it was also early on, Tony Khan says, you know, maybe we'll get Observer Show of the Year. And when I heard that, my visceral gut reaction was like, listen, man, if your company is doing well enough financially that your concern is only about what the, like what Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer readers think, 
then follow through with the initial, you know, talk of giving insurance to the guys who work there. Give them health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were making, and I mean, I, you know, he's a billionaire. The show is gets 40 million a year from TNT to do, uh, then yeah, give them health insurance. Um, it, it, it bothered me, honestly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I've never run a wrestling company. Obviously I've never wrestled a match, but I was also, I was more bothered by what Tony Khan said than I was like, you know, they had a hell of a match and we covered more of the match. I don't want to be negative about that, but like, I kind of wished that, you know, the Britt Baker's comment had been like, I'm, you know, my goal was to put the AEW women's mat women's division and myself on the map more than getting five stars from a guy who was like 10,000 readers. Yeah. And when you had shared that with me, that was the thing that really stood out. It's like, you know, what if you had been more about just hell, even more self-serving, like maybe after I get through this, maybe I can start working my way into the title picture or something, anything that was a little more self-serving than wanting to, you know, get noticed by um you know the observer and the observer fans it it just bothers me that you know there's a bunch of us because i'm not a Meltzer fan i barely knew who dave Meltzer was like four years ago so it it was more about I, i was hoping more of the love of what she was doing uh did we put on a good show um something outside of wanting to kind of be self-serving um towards the observer i and and my feeling it's funny actually there is a discussion i have a group of friends that we do a group chat uh about all sorts of things we're all wrestling fans and my feeling about Meltzer is is that he like it's it's like everything in wrestling it's way too polarized and i have a much more sort of moderate view sort of like you which is that um i i think that he is I, I wish he had an editor um that's mostly my issue with him is that like the, his writing can be hard for me to follow because he's not a great per, like writer I, I and I don't mean that as like a you know there's not me being like oh like fuck Meltzer um I don't always agree with his match reviews and I think that he you know I, I but I get why he has that outsized influence um I'm much more contemptuous of Brian Alvarez uh, who I think is a massive mark for himself. I think Meltzer, you know, is a guy who, you know, he, he's very famous for what he does and he's very successful. He was the first person to do this kind of journalistic reporting on wrestling. Um, I just thought it was a very like revealing video into the insight of sort of the atmosphere in the back locker room of AEW and I I was just, just thought it was very revealing. Um, I, and I don't want it to take away from the match, which, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about later. <laughs> we are absolutely going to be talking about it later. You know, why don't we just head right into the superlatives and we'll start off with, um, you know, why don't we start off with match of the week? I know we had them listed differently, but since we're on this, the match of the week was absolutely Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker. Um, the in-ring work was really really top notch it was definitely the best female match in AEW history i think it's safe to say and it's definitely an early candidate for match of the year um i i was not expecting 
so many of those spots. Uh, the fact that they introduced the ladders, the chairs, the tacks, the fa uh, I, like I'm watching that match when Britt took that power bomb onto the tacks. I literally said, you're the MVP girl. Like, holy crap. The fact that you put your body on the line the way you did and not that Thunder Rosa did it any less, but I, I just, you know, we've all always spoken pretty highly of Britt Baker and wondered why she's not the woman carrying the strap right now, but she's really carrying that division. She has gotten a lot better since uh, AEW started. Um, you know, she was really the focal point when they started. And I was sort of like, cause she could talk and she's gotten just come a long way. She entertains the shit out of me. You're right. I thought that that was, I'm actually going to go a step further and say that that was the biggest star making moment for a wrestler in the industry since Becky Lynch bloody, you know, with her arms. Out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that to me, I mean, the, the, and, and I, I wish that it wasn't, you know, that I was comparing it to another female moment, but there hasn't been a star to me who is, you know, maybe drew, but even that, you know, not in a single moment where you went, Oh man, this person. And because the uh, Eric Bischoff, who I'm not always a fan of, uh, but talked about when he started nitro he, you know, he said that you can be uh, better than, worse than, or different than. And anything that you can't be better than, be different than. And I think that AEW, with the women's division, taking advantage of the fact that you can do a lot more, you know, they're a lot more lax with content restrictions. Allowing, you know, being the women's division where they went out there and just beat the hell out of each other and were bleeding and, and thumbtacks and all these things that we've never seen women do you know, that to me is where AEW sings. And I, you know, yeah, Britt Baker, huge star, you know, star making moment, um, all the praise in the world. I actually thought that this was the best episode of Dynamite they've ever done from top to bottom. It was my, my favorite. Mm. I, and I can agree with you. And maybe I should have put that in there because um, it's been so long since we've had a uh, show of the week. Cause it, it's been it, it wasn't close. That, I mean, that that was the. I mean, there was no. I you know, as as good as SmackDown has been consistently, it just wasn't close this week. I thought that the show. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I, I especially that main event. I thought it was just such a great. You know, I, and Thunder Rosa has been killing it, and really had been carrying the women's division. But I thought that, and she deserves a lot of credit because Brick is the you know obviously the one that everyone's you know man she's a star and she's sort of been, she called, you know, Tony Schiavone a shitty barista, <laughs> but I mean, she's just, yeah, I, I think there's big things. And, you know, we've, I know I've been critical of AEW for how they portrayed the women's division, but they, you know, bellied up to the bar and, and obviously did something to make it the most important part of the show by main eventing and, doing something that women aren't usually allowed to do in American wrestling. And I'll even um, add the cherry on top because it definitely isn't as much as uh, what I feel that match just did. But um, with their newest show that uh, Shivani and White are now commentating, you know, they're starting to show a little more focus on the women's division as well. So, you know, big up to AEW because um, the partnership with both NWA and uh, New Japan in terms of their women's division is paying dividends. Um, I'm seeing that, you know, like even for uh, Maki Ito, 
Um, I see that she's not going to be a big deal as far as in ring, but her character is uh, what's the big part about what's so exciting about her. And we'll, you know, hopefully draw a couple of eyes uh, for our friends over in the far East. Yeah. So face of the week, why don't you go first? Uh, this is as much because I just like being right. Um, but also a little sort of a two week thing uh, was Biggie who I, you know, I've said for a while that if they're not going to take the title off of Roman and Manny and they shouldn't, that it should be Biggie who takes it next year. And I think they're doing it Dallas next year. Is that the Dallas is next year? Yes, sir. I mean, so yeah, hundred thousand eyeballs. Biggie would be the first, uh, you know, black world champion to, uh, you know, Bobby Lashley, obviously, but I, I still, you know, he, Bobby Lashley is the first black champion on raw. Um, but to have, I, I think the SmackDown at this point is the, you know, bigger show Roman's the top champ and to have Biggie do it, especially when he's been so good. He's a great wrestler. You know, I love watching his matches. He can talk, you know, he's funny, just naturally funny. If you've seen him on Twitter and the serious promo that he cut last week. And like, he's really selling the anger. I mean, I thought that he was to the point this week of almost, you know, crying just from being so angry. And there's a rawness and a reality to him that I just love. I, I, I'm a huge Big E fan. Uh, and the fact that he's not been a world champion actually kind of works in his favor because I'm super excited for him to be, you know, he was an NXT world champion, but, I'm super excited for when he wins a world title and they should make it a big deal because he's really climbed the mountain and deserves it. No, no. And you're absolutely right. And that for that reason, that's the reason that my face of the week was the entire new day, because I definitely wanted to touch on um, Biggie's work. <clears throat> Just like you were saying, uh, I, I almost wanted to stop you right when you were talking about, uh, when you said he can talk because and then I'm glad that you followed that up by describing by going through uh, the various stages that he can do it all like he can give you the serious stuff he can give you the anger mostly known for his comedy etc you know he's kind of big but you know he's very jovial but yeah he's got a crap ton of range and he absolutely showed it um throughout this whole ordeal with Apollo Crews. I almost feel that, you know, there, there may be a slight inkling that Apollo uh, takes the Intercontinental from him. I'm hoping that he gets a, a bit of a longer reign, but, you know, still has enough for a windup to uh, go into the buildup towards his, what I agree uh, uh, as well, um, a deserved world title run. And of course I, I added Kofi and Xavier for becoming the 11 time tag team champions uh, this past week. Uh, it was a little disappointing to me, um, but you know, for face, for face stuff, the, the, you can't really get any better than that. So I went with the new day, all parts uh, for my face of the week. Let me ask I, you something. And, and yes. this is just, but I was curious. Would you, are we approaching the point that you can put the New Day in the conversation with the Dudleys and the Legion of Doom for great, you know, greatest tag teams of all time? Honestly, I think we can. I know that um, 
RC had put in a, a great toss-up question in the Teen Turnbuckle group a few days ago about um, bigger influence uh, um, between the Rock and Roll Express and the New Day. And I went with the Rock and Roll Express just because um, considering they influenced the Midnight Rockers who turned into the Rockers, who turned out, you know, the Heartbreak Kid. And them just being icons to so many different tag teams down the line we may be able to talk about the new day um in a similar fashion so yeah i think that we can probably put the new day top five seven greatest yeah. ever yeah i i was just thinking about the how much you know they've been you know we're 2021 20, i feel like we're almost seven years into them doing their thing and it's still they you know they they don't get hurt by you know we all remember sunny boy and some of the crappier stuff that they've been forced to do but they've always been able to you know the wwe they've even managed to not sort of be screwed up the way that other successful acts have been by creative meddling so and yeah uh i think a lot of it definitely has to do with the fact that it seems that they have a lot of control over um what they do with their characters um they're absolutely breaking the market when it comes to merch compared to any other superstars so yeah um they're they're really given a lot of leeway and they really turned um sugar from shit yeah because i mean we all remember i mean when it started with the whole choir and then the power of pause you know all of this stuff that i mean it shouldn't have worked and they're, you know, they, you know it's just it's all worked really well. I'm, I'm a big fan of theirs. And, and personally, they all seem like really admirable, good dudes. And, you know, so good on them. Absolutely. I'm all about, you know, good guys actually getting their just rewards. So heel of the week. My heel of the week is Raquel Gonzalez. Even though we're, we did just talk about uh, her losing uh, – being gifted than losing the uh, women's tag titles this week she had the ace of the women's division come and offer her a slot for the nxt women's championship and you know we asked this question what was it a month six weeks ago no i was actually all the way back at uh takeover war games if uh raquel was going to be the woman uh to get into position to do this and then would she be the woman to unseat eo do you think that there's any chance that she actually is that woman and is there even a further chance that eo leaves nxt to go to the main roster uh i'm 50 50 on both of those things uh i think that eo for putting you know i think that raquel is probably the only person so far that i'd I would say, yeah, EO should be the one to lose to her. You know, she's the one. We're ready. Um, because Raquel has just been killing it. And I think that it works to have a monster heel or a monster character. You know, the longest reigning NXT champions were Asuka and Shayna Baszler, who were both, you know, Shayna was a heel, but Asuka was still sort of a monster character. Um, I don't know. They seem to be pausing some of the call ups. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think that the, if anything, the raw women's division could use EO. Um, but 
you know, I, but God, I mean, we know that if, if that happens, the only way that that happens is we're going to see EO wrestle with Asuka, just knowing Vince. Mm, unfortunately. Yeah. And, I, and I'm actually thinking, you know, because they've been talking about uh, the Rhea call up for almost a month and Rhea hasn't there. So they haven't even launched Rhea on the main product yet. So it would lead me to believe that they would take a little more time to let Rhea get her uh, footing for at least a short spell before they take another uh, big name out of the NXT Women's Division. Yeah. All right. Uh, my heel of the week was the other half of that interview and a guy who I've been, uh, who I thought was like a can't miss prospect uh, is Apollo, who is, has always been like, I've been waiting for him. And I, I've even said, and I've worried about sort of the connotations with this, but that I'm not a huge fan of Bobby Lashley's in-ring work, though he's done a much, you know, he, I, I've enjoyed him a lot more recently as a champion. I think he stepped up. But that if you were to allow me to make one trade, it would be putting Apollo in that position. But man, his gimmick, you know, he, I always thought, cause he was such a natural face, but he's, you know, I also thought that Sami Zayn and uh, Bailey were natural faces too. So I'm just wrong. <laughs> uh, but he's been you with all Nigerian. You can admit it. A lot of people have a hard time doing that. So but the world just keeps proving me wrong. I, I had to lean into it. Um, but yeah, his, the whole Nigerian thing and, and yeah, he's just, he's so good in that role. And I would love to see him get the IC title if we're going to start moving Big E towards the main event picture. Yeah, and I can totally agree with you. Um, the one thing that I'm trying to release myself from is um, Apollo doing a Black Panther accent. Outside of that, he's honestly doing a lot better with this i mean it's showing so much more uh development and depth to him and they're giving him the chance to actually show us what he's worth so i can totally understand why you did that and apollo has been doing some phenomenal work yeah um, all right wrestler on the rise um why don't you keep it going i had sheamus um because i think that and and one of my knocks on WWE and AEW is how few guys feel special and how they sort of cycle people from the main event to the mid card and back. Mm. Uh, Sheamus is a great example of that, but he is, you know, his match with uh, Lash, I thought was, you know, I, I don't think it was on other weeks would have been a contender for best of best match of the week, but I thought the you, same exact thing. And, and I just think that Sheamus, there's a lot, you know, it's very quietly has been wrestling for, you know, in the WWE for almost 14 or 15 years and consistently very good for at least a decade, uh, bordering on great. And I, you know, it's, I would hope that he would get, you know, if they want to have him feud with Riddle, you know, if they're going to cycle him out of the main event, I think that would be really good. I, I just think that he's, you know, really made the most of showing, why he's been such a mainstay for the last decade in the main event scene. Yeah, totally. And I think on top of that is that he also showed his worth with um, helping Bobby Lashley with the in-ring, um, with the rise of, you know, the European style of matches that we're seeing, especially like in NXT. Bobby Lashley being slow and methodical and having like bruiser-like matches, like the one that he did with Sheamus, uh, 
are seemingly more acceptable and they don't seem to run as boring as um, his previous runs did. So I thought that it actually allowed Lashley, uh, I thought Seamus's work allowed Lashley to look really great um, while Seamus continued to show exactly why he's been valued uh, the way he did. Yeah. Who was yours? Who was mine? I don't remember how I, I don't know how I for, forgot so uh, quickly, but yes, I forgot that um, it is Chad Gable and Otis, actually. It, this is a surprise to me just because seeing these two come out of nowhere, and it looks like what we're going to be moving towards a fatal four way um, for the tag team championship. The. Um, Mysterios, the elder and junior, uh, got a victory over the Street Profits and then were challenged by uh, Gable and Otis while uh, the champions, the Dirty Dogs, were watching at ringside. And they got an impressive victory over the Mysterios. Um, Otis's splash, that was almost... I, that was what a third almost half of the way across the ring like that was really impressive to me and I just had to get a knot to that like that match actually had me thinking that if they do it fatal four-way style those guys might be the ones that come out with the belts uh one thing that like and again I don't mean to be so negative this week but one thing that frustrates me is the WWE's like, oh, the, I, I've said that the worst thing to happen to tag team wrestling in the WWE was the New Age Outlaws becoming so over. Mm. So it's like, yeah, just throw these people together. Like, yeah, we'll make it work. Uh, but if they wanted to, and I wish they would focus more on creating a strong tag team division, the Otis and Gable are great. I mean, if you're going to take sort of the, the Island of Misfit Toys approach, you could do worse than Otis and Gable. Because I think that uh, Gable is such a great wrestler you know, there was the AEW tease recently of him, you know, possibly going to AEW, but he is, you know, and, and I don't think that's a terrible idea, but I think the Gable doing the, the Otis tag team, like if you want to build a tag team division, you could do a lot worse. I think that Otis is underrated in the ring. I think that, uh, I don't know why they broke him and Tucky up, but, Nor do I. Uh, but I mean, fine. I'm fine with them doing a, you know, I think that if it, you know, I, I love Gable. I think that he's, you know, I loved American Alpha, and I would love to see him and Otis, you know, sort of, you know, because I'm, I'm not a huge comedy wrestler guy, but if they wanted to do them, like, you know, what they've been doing where Gable's like, hey, like, you're not a joke. Like, let's go out there and kill it. Like, I would love to see that and see them reach their potential. Yeah, and, uh, like, I don't mind that part. Um, like Like you were saying, what's problematic to me about it is, the Street Profits still have um, another shot at the titles because they never got their return match after losing them. And they continue to keep that um, as a talking point that, you know, Street Profits are pretty much the next in line, but yet you let them lose and let Dominic Mysterio get a pinfall on the Street Profits. Well, it's, I'm, I'm smiling. I was laughing a little bit because it's, it's also like when I complain about the WWE's, um, not following sort of their own rules. It's like, wasn't there a point where like Shane McMahon is like, we're doing away with automatic rematch. <laughs> and they're like, until we run out of ideas. Uh, but yeah, it, it's the, uh, yeah, I don't know why. Like if you have an automatic rematch, do the rematch. Like don't, don't talk about it. You know, like you have to set it up at some point. 
and don't have them lose because you're either telegraphing that they're going to lose the re- the return match or yeah, it's just it's they so couldn't weird. have won. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I just yeah, I just didn't like the way they set that up. I mean, don't get me wrong, I you know I'm absolutely huge on the street profits. I absolutely love them. I just I hate that they're doing it that way and i shouldn't be so critical because you know honestly dominic dominic has been working really hard this past year you know he's still technically in his rookie year and i'm happy to see him you know getting quality wins over like a king corbin and you know he actually does kind of deserve this but it's just in terms of the full story of the tag division on smackdown it just rubbed me the wrong way no, I mean, it's, and it's absolutely fine. I think that the other aspect of it that I was thinking of was, um, crap, just left my brain. Um, it, it, the, uh, is the, the Street Profits, you know, there was that whole, you know, like last year where they did that whole thing. I'm trying to remember who, it, it, like Money in the Bank, where it just feels like, oh, the Viking Raiders, that whole thing. Like, I just feel mm. like the Street Profits have not gotten the kind of, uh you know like they've they've been there's this idea like oh like they've gotten they do really well they've gotten over let's see you know what happens and, and like we can just throw them in any sort of crap that they want it's like you can't do that it, it eventually starts to hurt them it, it absolutely did it absolutely did wrestler on the slide um i had the hurt business um and this is just the champions uh cedric alexander and shelton benjamin um for dropping their tag titles um i gotta say that in as much as i love the new day i was a little bit disappointed that um they did this because i'm feeling and foreshadowing that you know in less than a month's time the new uh the hurt business which has been the best part of monday night raw for the better part of the last four or five months are going to be now completely goldless and kind of sucks for for all of the work they put in but you know hopefully it built them a solid foundation and yeah it, it and i'm with you on that it kind of bums me out i would hope that they would get you know i it also kind of gets me that like some of the wrestlemania stuff i'm like really like we're we're gonna do like aj styles is gonna wrestle it's gonna be a great match with you know mm-hmm. i i don't know how almost does in the ring but the the you know you're using aj styles in a tag team match like okay um cool i also worry that this is going to lead to like the beginning of the hurt locker breaking up or the hurt locker the hurt business breaking up and because you know vince loves to do that um killing something that they and honestly at first i wasn't behind it like i was just like you know okay mvp i'm with you because Lashley needs a talking point or whatever, but they've put in so much great work this past year in establishing this that I, I hope that it's not heading in that direction. So um, who'd you have for a wrestler on the slide this week? A minor's Braun Strowman, who in a year's time has gone from main eventing to being the recipient of the guy, like the, the sad recipient of the guy who has to sell Shane McMahon's little baby punches. Um, yeah. It, it is, I don't know. I mean, I, and the worst part of it is, I think the WWE is like, no, this is good. He gets to wrestle Shane. And, and I think they see this as a big deal. And it's just really disappointing because like, either he loses to Shane at WrestleMania 
and that's a real problem. Or he beats Shane, and it's like, congratulations, you beat up the like the fifty year old son of the the owner. Congrats. Right. And to me, the worst part about this is I feel like all they're doing is revamping. Which way did he go? Ha 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 ha. I'm like that. They're they're really redoing that. Oh, and that the promo that they did not this past Monday, but the Monday before, was like up there with some of the worst stuff in the last decade. And I, uh, yeah, I I don't you know Shane McMahon at this point kind of reminds me of Scrappy Doo. Um, more so, I mean, he really reminded me when he first came in of. Uh, you know, like it's the way that he talked and, but like, I just, I, I don't need to see Shane like jumping off of something high and landing on a crash pad anymore. Like, thank you, WWE. Like, I appreciate, you know, cool that this guy who is going to inherit a billion dollars is willing to risk that kind of stuff, but like, don't need to see it anymore. I'm good. Yeah. I'm glad that they only went from top rope to the announcer's table. Yeah. This past week. And hopefully we're not going any uh, higher than that. Yeah. So storyline that you need to be paying attention to. Please lay it on us. Mine was the pinnacle, uh, which is the new stable continuing. God love AEW, but they're terrible with coming up with names for stables. That's I mean, like it'll grow on me the same way the inner circle did, but uh, I'm interested to see that feud. I'm interested to see uh, what's going to happen with it. I didn't love the promo announcing it. Uh, it actually, you know, Triple H from 2002 is coming up a lot this week, but it reminded me of like one of his early evolution promos. And that's, I don't mean that as a compliment. Um, yeah. I actually, and I, I should credit that, was that when I, I, uh, I was not the only person who thought that um there was i read a review in bleach report that made the same comment and i was like oh good i'm glad that i'm not the only person who thought this uh but yeah i i am excited to see where they go though and also i i think eventually you're gonna you know i, I think that they're a mid-card heel group but i you would think that eventually they would feud with groups like the young bucks and there's got to be, you know, the Dark Order maybe, but I'm interested to see where it goes. And I'm, I'm, they finally pulled the trigger on what we've been talking about, you know, that Horseman stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I, I dug the execution. Uh, like you, the name didn't really grab me, but I'm excited. Um, even even more so with this storyline, Sammy is back with the Inner Circle, so that's. That's a bonus. I, I think that, you know, he's just, he's been absolutely lights out with Chris Jericho. Um, now that I'm talking about it out loud, it can even work uh, for a face turn for all of them. So, um, yeah, I, I can totally understand that because um, MJF has really been lights out. So outside of my own feelings behind the name, I was totally with that entire thing. And I love that the the really great heel moment. I love smart heels. Uh, I also like yeah. You know, I just like when people are smart in wrestling. And he very clearly was a step ahead of Jericho when he you know with that beatdown of the of the inner circle with Spears and Wardlow and uh, FTR. 
So. Yeah, and honestly, Sean, and I'm hoping uh, for Sean Spears' sake, this will be a great revitalization for him because he had been grossly underused and overlooked at this point. Yeah, I'm excited to see where that goes. Storyline that I feel is, and this is another uh, shout out to El Presidente RC for pointing out that Charlotte has been removed from the Mania flyer. Now, we know that um, the story it looked like she was being set up to be in has uh, gone to the wayside with Lacey Evans um, being pregnant. Congratulations, Lacey. But um, now Charlotte has nothing to do other than the world title, which is not kind of her picture right now, considering that Asa's kind of got a mini program with Shayna. So, is this a big deal or not that they removed Charlotte from the flyer? Oh, I forgot to add, um, her fiancé, Andrade, has also asked for his release from WWE. So, it could be. I think that I have a hard time imagining that the WWE, after all they've done to make Charlotte be such a big deal, and be the, you know, she has been arguably the biggest the focal point of the women's division other than ronda and but even then she was sort of put on it, she's been a huge deal if she were to leave that would be the biggest and, and and we all assume she would go to aew you have to assume that's that's a huge that's the biggest signing i think aew could make uh if you know women you know becky lynch but in terms of actual person that they could get it's you know and if charlotte goes that to me would just be that's a coup for the women's division because to me if she's not the best female wrestler in the world it's somewhere between for me my opinion of who the best is it's her oscar and io somewhere in that order yeah no i and i would probably have to leave her at the top but uh to my downside there i didn't see the majority of uh oscar's work in NXT, so I, I just mean currently. I'm I'm just talking like the current, uh, and that's not shade on Becky Lynch or Bailey or anybody. But if you were to say to me, you know, you need to put, you know, Oscar versus Charlotte to me, you know, if you needed me to build a the ultimate, you know, main event for work rate wise, the person that I enjoy watching bell to bell be those two, Oscar and and Charlotte. Maybe maybe Eo goes in there instead of Oscar, but. It's those three. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that. And um, I don't remember who it was who disagreed with you. And, you know, no knock on our um, all of our Team Turnbuckle podcast group fans, but you're wrong. Um, Charlotte would totally move that needle well past red if she were to sign with Tony Khan in Jacksonville. It, and I'll even say... I don't know if it would get the casual fan. You know, I don't know if, if, you know, obviously if somebody like CM Punk or John Cena or their names that would get people to turn on AEW. But I think that the, the boost that it gives to the AEW women's division is the equivalent of LeBron James signing with your favorite team. Mm. There's that's the level of skill that Charlotte brings playing. He's playing on my favorite team. (laughs) <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. And the fact that, you know, she would be able to work with a, a ton of younger and greener talent, like you're absolutely right. It would 
level up the entire division just by default. Mm-hmm. So we actually covered this all and did it in a manageable time frame. Uh, before we get out of here, Sammy, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, the IBN uh, all-star membership as usual. I'm definitely a company man in that line. It's $5. And if you just go by the gambling picks, it's worth it. Um, other than that, uh, my Twitter account is shouhoughh610. Um, the other than that, no, no, it really. What about you? Um, I'm going to also tow the company line and give you the rest of the IB um, network podcast feed. Um, El Presidente just did a WandaVision recap with. Um, e-man reviews which i am very much looking forward to listening to um of course you got actively lazy and chief keith who will be doing continuing to um bring the backdoor cover um i know alan has been uh for the all-star group giving some of his picks going into um each ncaa well not each but many of the ncaa tournament games that uh he is feeling quite confident about and you know they've been delivering um and even on the uh last round of golf for the backdoor cover so yeah by all means check out the ibn podcast feed please like uh leave a comment um review us give us five stars please 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 five stars for the ibn network um and as always harvest creditors um dot com uh you can find me at official ron l tinsley on instagram ron l tinsley both facebook uh business and personal if you need any help on your credit report uh you just want to get that credit score higher, you're looking to make a major purchase, uh, get at me to uh, start your services, uh, your credit repair services. If you mention the Team Turnbuckle podcast, uh, save $100 on starting your services, including the ability to write your living will, trust, and power of attorney. And with that, uh, this has been another episode of the Team Turnbuckle podcast. For Chief Keith Fleming, for my man, the shooter Sammy Howe, this has been Ravishing Ronell Tinsley, and we will be with you guys soon. Take care. <laughs>